This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo, and this is the 53rd episode of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by our latest Patreon patrons and members on HumanistReport.com. Today we have Andrea Kirch, Grace Naveau, Gerardo Demisio, Margaret Villa, Boyd Reynolds, Eric, and Tom Nemesio. So thanks to all of these people for supporting independent media. If you too would like to support The Humanist Report, follow the links down below in the description box. And if you are a new Patreon patron or a member on humanistreport.com, you will receive access to the new Humanist Report member bonus page where you can ask me questions at any time and I'll be posting a lot more videos and you'll get information about the dates of live Q&As I'll be holding exclusively with members. So this is still new. Uh, so uh, hopefully that will grow with time. Now, as for today's episode, do you ever have one of those days where, you know, you're ordering something from either a restaurant or through a drive-thru and the waitress will tell you, enjoy your meal, and you respond with you too instead of thank you? <laughs> That's the kind of day I've been having, and it's been kind of like a crazy week. We've had the Democratic Convention, and I'm going to kind of dedicate this episode to that. And it's also July 29th at the time when I'm filming this, which is Dump Dems Day. So for me, I have officially switched my party affiliation to Independent. And that is because the Democratic Party doesn't want my vote, so I've decided to leave the party. I tried to work and make change within the party, but that was an <laughs> epic failure. So now I'm going to try to do that from outside of the party and show them that they have to earn my vote and earn my membership back into the Democratic Party because it's not just a given. So on today's episode, I'll be talking about the Democratic Convention and how the DNC and Democrats at large tried to silence Bernie delegates and how the mainstream media is not paying attention to the protest that transpired at the convention. Also, pro-Hillary celebrities are berating disenfranchised Bernie Sanders supporters and telling them to get in line. So I will respond to their attacks. Also, I'll talk about why Bernie Sanders supporters in general are just pissed off. And I'll also talk about election fraud and the overall consequences and what it actually cost Bernie Sanders. Now, additionally, since the mainstream media is being forced to pay attention to the DNC leaks, well, there's some journalists who are actually coming to the defense of the Democratic Party and defending their rigging of the primary. So I will definitely talk about that and also talk about how Hillary Clinton surpasses Donald Trump in terms of unfavorability. Her image is at a two-decade low. And also, corporate media's attacks on Jill Stein officially have begun, so she is now getting compared to Donald Trump. So all of these topics will be covered. Uh, stick around. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy the episode. So yesterday was officially the last day of the Democratic Convention and a new era in American politics because for many liberals, today is Dump Dems Day. And I am proud to announce that I am a proud independent voter and I don't need no party. So the Democratic Party needs to realize that we tried to affect change from within the party and you didn't want that. You pushed us the way. So now we're going to try to work from outside the party to affect change and get progressive policies implemented. Now, here's the thing about the convention itself. I'm not going to talk too much about that because I think that What's really important is the story that the mainstream media doesn't want to tell you, that uh, there were many protests 
and the DNC tried to silence Bernie delegates, and the extent to which they mistreated Bernie delegates makes party unity a complete pipe dream at this point. Now, getting to the actual speech, which I think is an important part where Hillary Clinton accepted the Democratic nomination, I think it was a good speech overall, even though Bill Clinton disagrees with me. We will disrupt their efforts online to reach and radicalize young people in our country. It won't be easy or quick. But, but even though it was a good speech, and I thought that it was substantive, and I commend her for trying to make an appeal to Bernie supporters, the problem is that we don't believe a word she's saying. So you can promise us a rose garden, but the problem is we don't believe you, Hillary Clinton, and you've done any and everything imaginable to make it so that way we don't believe you. So there are several events that I wanted to talk about of the DNC trying to stifle the protest. So members of the Democratic Party are trying desperately to get across the image that, you know, there is party unity and that there is, quote, excitement across the country that's electric because we're all ready to just sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya, right? Not at all. So there were many protests, and the DNC tried to shut those down at every chance they got. So first, U.S. Uncut explains that California delegate Eden McFadden, a Sanders backer from Los Angeles, is claiming in a video that Sanders delegates are being denied seating, while seat fillers who lack proper credentials to be on the convention floor are sitting there instead. She also shows innocuous gray boxes placed strategically above each state's delegation that broadcast white noise to drown out the sound from any protest test that may occur. Additionally, McFadden says Clinton delegates have consistently been granted access to the convention hall before Sanders delegates, allowing them to sit at the front of the delegation and use their position to block media cameras from showing protesting delegates behind them. Hey guys, this is Eden here. I finally got into uh, the convention. We're in the California section. Apparently they've been letting everybody, all the other states in, and then they weren't letting in the California station. I'm going to turn around and let you see what it looked like when I got in. Uh, they said they but when I got in, all these people were here, and they have already blocked off all of these sections where the Bernie Sanders supporters have been sitting, putting reserve signs on all of these seats where we can't sit. And if you look up here at this gray box, that is a white noise machine used to block out our chants and cheers. So share this video. The California Bernie Sanders delegates have been held outside their entrance for longer than every other state. And they've blocked off all of the seats with reserve signs for seat fillers or scabs. And they have placed a white noise machine above our section. Now, this was a strategy that the DNC employed to silence the Boers because how dare they be angry that the entire Democratic primary was rigged, right? Now, this wasn't just true for Californian delegates, but delegates from New York, Oregon, Washington State, basically any group that would be the most vocal well, they tried to shut down their protest. So another strategy that they used to silence Bernie delegates was shutting off the lights above them. During former defense secretary and fellow warmonger Leon Panetta's speech, Bernie delegates from Oregon chanted, no more war, and the lights above them were turned off. So they turned on their phone flashlights to get attention instead. Now, according to Oregon Live, California Bernie delegates teamed up with Oregon Bernie delegates to shine their phone lights on Oregon and uh, chanted lights in order to get them to acknowledge that the lights need to be turned back on. Now, there were also many times when Bernie delegates staged a walkout 
during certain speeches. So they staged a walkout during President Obama's speech because they wanted to protest the TPP. And they also staged a protest during Hillary Clinton's acceptance speech. And also many Bernie delegates were holding up their own protest signs and Hillary delegates were putting their signs up in front of them to block them out. And a crowd of about 100 people also staged a large sit-in in the media tent, and many of them wore tape over their mouths to symbolize the way that they were being silenced throughout the election and the convention. And then there were also protests of about 5,000 people, according to Benjamin Dixon, outside of the convention on the second night, and they put up a big fence to block them from getting too close to the convention and declared it a, quote, free speech zone. <laughs> because, yes, when you live in a democracy... The whole thing isn't a free speech zone. There are specific zones you have to go in to uh, state your grievances that you have with the political process. So this is absolutely just frustrating. And there were multiple people that were arrested for crossing the boundary. And even though they were peaceful and singing, we shall overcome, well, they brought out some riot police. I'm not kidding. This is uh, on a report from Benjamin Dixon. You could find that on his channel. They brought out riot police for no reason, seemingly. I mean, maybe they wanted to either intimidate the protesters or get a good media headline, but they brought out some riot police nonetheless uh, for reasons that we don't necessarily know. Now, what was covered by the mainstream media, you ask? Well, they showed you how the protesters were, quote, being destructive because there is one video of them burning a flag because how dare they exercise their free speech rights by burning a piece of material? Give me a break. So it was very peaceful. The presence of riot police doesn't say anything about the protesters. It says the image that the DNC wants to communicate to the protesters that, fall in line, stand down, uh, you are not allowed to voice your discontent with the DNC convention or any Democrats. Now, finally, the biggest slap in the face came in the form of them removing Nina Turner, who is a very popular Bernie delegate who we all want to see become president someday. They just removed her speech entirely. And this may be because Nina Turner has not agreed to endorse Hillary Clinton. She said that she's not ready to do that yet. So, I don't know why they did this, so this is me speculating when I say it's because she didn't endorse Hillary Clinton formally, but if you really are going to have the nerve to call for party unity and then remove one of the most popular pro-Bernie delegates, what do you expect is going to happen? Do you think they're going to just roll over and accept Hillary Clinton after you rigged the primary process for them and not even be angry? No, they're going to get more pissed, if anything. So how could you do that? So, I mean, in the end, this was a convention that, while better than the Republicans, at face value, when you really dive into it and you look at the protests, and when you look at how Bernie delegates were treated, well, I just, I have to wonder, how do they expect us to fall in line? How do they expect us to unite behind Hillary Clinton after the process was rigged, after we were treated so poorly? I mean, what are you expecting? I, I just don't get it. And the level to which they lack self-awareness is honestly puzzling to me because I just don't understand how you can do everything you can to push voters away from the Democratic Party. Hence the reason for Dump Dems Day and Dem Exit. Because we would work within the party because that's the easiest way to get political change. But you've done everything to push us away. Hillary Clinton could have chosen Elizabeth Warren and she picked Tim Kaine instead. So I don't know what you want from us. You're going to complain when we gravitate towards Jill Stein but yet you're going to push us away and get mad when we go away. You can't have your cake and eat it too. What's it going to be, Democrats? Are you going to be for progressives or not? We know that you corporatist Democrats hate us progressives, and that's fine. The feeling is mutual. But just know that you're not going to get us to rally behind Hillary if you keep acting like this. And guess what? You are going to hand this election to Donald Trump, not because we're not going to support Hillary Clinton, but because of your tactics that are incredibly shady, 
corrupt, and outright immoral. So it's clear that Bernie Sanders supporters are pissed. We're angry, and the only other people that can understand why we're so angry and just can't get behind Hillary Clinton are Bernie Sanders supporters. So this video is for the people who just don't get it. So what I'm going to do is share some videos of Bernie supporters, and I'll also put in my own two cents. I don't give a fuck about Trump, okay? Trump is dangerous for this country, and so is Hillary Clinton. What's she going to do for me? What's she going to do for my children? What is she going to do for my community? Yeah. Is she going to frack the hell out of it? Is she going to put more of the soldiers on the ground? I love this East? woman. She's a delegate. Do you believe one damn word a woman like her says? How can America believe this when yesterday she proved to us that when you're a corrupt person, she's going to promote you? What did she do with Debbie Wasserman Schultz? Exactly. She promoted her. So what does that say about the Democratic Party? We need to clean house. Thank you. We Thank need you. to clean house. I, I want you. Young cabin talk. Yes. We That's need to clean home. house. And I hope everybody understands the seriousness of this. Right. If we the people do not get behind democracy harder than we ever have in our entire lives, we're not going to have any democracy. People have been laughing at me and, oh, well, you know, they've been saying that forever. Do you remember this? Do you remember that? What I remember is, is that by the thousands and hundreds of thousands in this election, people were wiped off the voter rolls. People's, people's affiliation with one party was flipped to another. Did we hear the leaders of the Democratic Party, including President Obama, get out and try to do anything about Nothing. it? Nothing. No. We've got to stop it. We've got to clean house. We've got to demand it. We've got to stay with ourselves and build this revolution. Bernie wants to help us build the revolution, but I'm not a sheep for Bernie or anybody else, and I will not spend what few years I've got left on this earth to help someone like Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So come take my credentials. We want it to be known that this was a stolen election, that these results are not valid. The exit polls have been off by a deviation as much as 10 points in New York, and the way that this electoral process has been carried out is wrong. I want more than Debbie Wasserman to step down. There needs to be an investigation into the DNC and how this is happened. Is there any way you vote for Hillary Clinton in the fall? Absolutely not. And, and it could have been possible, but they don't want party unity. That was made clear when we chose Tim Kaine as our running mate. It was made clear when they refused to take the TPP out of the platform. It was made clear when they decided to let Debbie Wasserman step down, but put her on Hillary Clinton's campaign as an honorary chair. It was your brother, I think, that jumped the fence earlier, yes? Yes, sir. We are both extremely active, and he jumped the fence. I've worked the campaign in three states, and he drove people to polls in Baltimore where he experienced voter suppression. They don't want party unity. I couldn't have said it better myself. And look, here's the thing. Everyone knows who's watched my videos for a long time that I'm actually late to the Bernie or bus train. I was going to fall in line and support Hillary Clinton if Bernie wasn't the nominee because I don't want Donald Trump to be president. But, and you know, that's still true. I don't want Donald Trump to be president for the record, of course. But the thing is that now uh, they pushed me away. Anything that they could have said and done to get me to go to the Green Party, 
they did it. And see, me not being Bernie or Bust, that was before the election fraud. That was before they called us sexist and tried to slander Bernie Sanders. So the lack of party unity is due to the corruption and disrespect that we've been paid throughout this election. So let me explain why I'm pissed. This election is bigger than Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. So I'm not just disappointed that my candidate lost. Hillary Clinton won by illegitimate means. Now, if you cheat, you're not a legitimate winner. So not only am I taking a principled stance by not supporting Hillary Clinton, but it's about preserving the integrity of our democracy. Now, with that being said, uh, I respect your decision if you will be supporting Hillary Clinton to defeat Donald Trump. I get that. I also want to defeat Donald Trump, but I don't just want to defeat Donald Trump. I want to defeat him and also send a message to the Democratic Party so that way if Hillary Clinton is the next president, she sees, whoa, look at this huge amount of voters that actually went to Jill Stein. I really have got to do a lot while I'm in office to uh, pass progressive policies that they like. That's the goal that I'm really looking to achieve by voting for Jill Stein. I know that she's not going to win because she's only on the ballot in 23 different states, so she would literally have to win every single one of those states basically uh, including red and blue states in order to win the white house so i'm hoping that my vote will help the green party grow into a bigger viable party someday but most importantly i think what a lot of people are doing are voting in protest not because we want donald trump to win but because we want to tell the democratic party that they're not entitled to our votes they have to earn it and let's be honest here hillary clinton She's not running for president for altruistic reasons. All she's doing is she is running to enrich herself. And this is evidenced by how she conducted affairs as the Secretary of State, where she gave special treatment and weapons deals to donors of the Clinton Foundation. And look, she's not alone. Donald Trump is also running to enrich himself. Most candidates are. But when we finally had a candidate that we believed was actually fighting for us... You took that away from us. Now, never mind the fact that Bernie Sanders was already disadvantaged from the time he stepped into the race because he was running against a behemoth like Clinton. And, you know, that name, it carries weight if you're a liberal voter. So she had all the advantage in the world. They didn't have to rig it, but yet they still decided to go the extra step and not just rig it but slander him and imply that he's a sexist all while crying about how he's attacking Hillary Clinton and needs to stop attacking Hillary Clinton by pointing out facts that she's taking corporate money from every special interest in existence, basically. And here's what the DNC wanted to do. They wanted to keep voters from finding out about Bernie Sanders by limiting debates and by colluding with the media to craft the message that they want. Now, at the end of the day, I do believe that Hillary Clinton is the lesser of two evils. But if you keep supporting evil election cycle after election cycle, then that evil is going to get more and more evil. Bernie Sanders didn't just lose fair and square. What the DNC did is akin to hosting a race, and once they yelled on your market set go, they tripped Bernie Sanders while Hillary Clinton got a huge head start. That's cheating. If you were to rehold the election under fair conditions where there wasn't mass election fraud, where there wasn't rigging from the DNC, well then Bernie Sanders might have actually won in spite of his lack of name recognition because he almost won in spite of everything that the DNC and Hillary Clinton put him through. So that's why we're pissed. We were robbed. We were defrauded by donating to a candidate that never even had a chance from the get-go. So if you can't understand that, then I'm sorry. If you're afraid that our vote for Jill Stein will cost Hillary the election, then... Go put in time, knock on some doors, do some canvassing. That's not on us, that's on you now. Now you can disagree with my reasoning, that's fine. But you don't get to blame us. You don't get to blame Bernie or Busters if Hillary Clinton loses. You blame Hillary Clinton for that. You blame you for that for not putting in the work to get her elected.
So amid the rowdiness and the boos that took place at the DNC convention, well, there were a lot of pro-Hillary celebrities, who some of which supported Bernie Sanders but are now quickly uniting behind Hillary, that decided to grace us with their infinite wisdom and berate us Bernie or Busters about how we are being brats and how, you know, we need to get in line. So first, we'll start out with Sarah Silverman, who, as you all know, she gave a pretty good speech at the convention, but then she ruined it by slapping us across the face. To the Bernie or Bust people, you're being ridiculous. Guys, we're so ridiculous because after spending hours phone banking for Bernie, uh, after knocking on doors and canvassing for him, after donating our hard-earned dollars to Bernie Sanders' campaign to help him, well, the whole thing was rigged from the beginning. There was a media blackout. There was mass election fraud that seemed to conspicuously only help Hillary Clinton. And yet we're being ridiculous because we're not just getting behind Hillary Clinton. Well, here's the thing, Sarah Silverman. I think you're going to be okay regardless of... Who is the president of the U.S., right? Celebrities don't have to really worry about different presidents because the oligarchs, the rich one percenters, they're always good, even in authoritarian regimes. So I could see how you would think we're being ridiculous, but you should look at this from our perspective because we poured time and energy and money into this election and all you did was film a five-minute pro-Bernie video. Congratulations, that took you an hour to probably write and produce. And now you have the nerve to say that we're being ridiculous. No, you're being ridiculous. Now, perhaps my favorite celebrity lecturer was Seth Meyers. What's going on? I tuned in last night, and there was more white booing than the Casper movie. Look, I know you're Bernie or Bust, but the results are in. Bust won. We don't have time for this. Donald Trump is ahead in the polls. The house is on fire. Stop crying because we're not putting it out with your hose. Hey, pay attention. We are on the cusp of electing a racist demagogue, and that never ends well. I don't know which class you ditched to go to those Bernie rallies, but I have a feeling it was history. You're like a Cavaliers fan who goes to the games and boos when LeBron dunks with the wrong hand. Oh, wait, that would never happen because that is ridiculous. But I know what you're going to say. I don't know anyone who's planning to vote for Trump. Oh, you don't. Did you ask everybody in your yoga class? Did you check with the entire drum circle? Because guess what? You know you have that crazy uncle you only see at Thanksgiving? Well, this country is about 48% crazy uncles. And it's about to be Thanksgiving all day, every day. And please don't say, pass the gravy, because if Trump is elected, no one gets gravy. Trump gets all of the gravy. Also, because of you, Bernie is going to have to campaign for Hillary every day until Election Day, and he shouldn't have to do that. One, because he hates her. It's just unlike you, he's adult enough to pretend he doesn't. And two, Bernie should be on a well-earned vacation, just sitting on a stoop, drinking cream soda and yelling at people to put their garbage in the trash can. And another thing, if you're going to put tape over your mouth to symbolize that you are being silenced, don't agree to do an interview. Is there anything Hillary Clinton could say or do to win you over? One or the other. Tape or talking, you can't do both. Look, look, I get disappointment. We've all experienced disappointment. I couldn't get Rihanna to go out with me, but I don't stand in the kitchen and boo my wife. 
At least not while she's telling me how she plans to make my life better. Bernie did a great job. You did a great job. Your passion changed the Democratic Party, and that is no small thing. You should be proud of yourselves for his campaign. But also, you have to be quiet now. Now is the time to be quiet. So my favorite part was he said, there was more white booing than the Casper movie. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's a funny joke. It's very unfunny. I'm laughing at the irony. So uh, the underlying implication there is that white people were booing. So by definition, their needs are illegitimate because they have white privilege. So let's diminish the presence of diverse identities that were in attendance and also upset. Uh, but let's also not mention the irony. Hey, Seth, I'm not sure if you realize this, but you're at the top of the social hierarchy, buddy. You're straight. You're white. You're male, but most importantly, how privilege is often defined in our society is by money. And you are filthy rich. So you can sit there and criticize people for their white privilege or their privilege in general while you make millions of dollars to say unfunny jokes that other people wrote for you. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. Now, another part, he said, we don't have time for this. Donald Trump is ahead in the polls. You can't be a baby, guys. Wake up. Come on, get it together. <laughs> okay, so if you're really terrified about Donald Trump, get off your ass. Go knock on some doors like we did to get Bernie Sanders ahead. Go make some calls. Uh, donate to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Do what you got to do to defeat Donald Trump. Don't just sit on your ass and badger us for not supporting Hillary Clinton after we were screwed over. We've put in time during this election. Trust me, we did what we could to put forth the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump, and it was rigged against us so you don't get to sit here and talk shit when you're sitting on your ass get off your ass go put in work for hillary if you're afraid of trump now another thing he said is the house is on fire stop crying because we're not putting it out with your hose well that's not what this is about are we disappointed we lost absolutely but the main point is that nobody's talking about how we didn't just lose we were robbed there was election fraud the dnc had their finger on the scale the entire time Yet, we poured all this hours into this election, and we got nothing out of it. We won't get anything out of it. So, it's not about just losing. It's not about being sore losers, which, admittedly, I'm a very sore loser. Absolutely, we should be. Presidential campaigns are very serious business. This isn't a sports game. This is serious. This is our lives. It's not going to affect you, because you'll be okay no matter what, but it does affect us. Okay, we have a real stake in this. So, this isn't about just losing and being upset that we lost. This is about it being rigged from the beginning and us being robbed. Now, the worst part of the whole video is when he did his little, hey, basically saying, pay attention. That was the most condescending thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Literally, I I've never seen anyone be more condescending because us peasants are so stupid. Pay attention, you know, he can be as rude and condescending as he wants to us because we're just dumb peasants. So anyone who disagrees with him, he feels entitled to actually talk down to them and to treat them like that, to actually snap at them. I know that, you know, he's just trying to be funny. It's behind a camera, but that is just absolutely embarrassing to you because it shows what kind of an entitled prick you are. Now, he also said, because of you, Bernie's going to have to campaign for Hillary all day and every day until election day, and he shouldn't have to do that because he hates her. But unlike you, he's adult enough to pretend like he doesn't. Uh, no, because of the DNC, Bernie Sanders is going to have to campaign for Hillary Clinton because of Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders is going to have to campaign for Hillary Clinton. And in fact, he doesn't have to do that. He endorsed her. 
wash your hands, you're done, Bernie. You don't have to do that, okay? She's run a terrible campaign. The DNC has bungled this election. You've pushed away your own base. Your base is supposed to be a constituent that you can count on no matter what. And they still feel that way after giving us the middle finger. Hillary Clinton had so many opportunities to reach out to us. When she made her pitch during a town hall to Bernie Sanders supporters, she said, I'm winning. They have no choice but to vote for me effectively. I am winning. I am and also, she could have selected Elizabeth Warren, but she went for Tim Kaine. So are you honestly trying to tell me that we're the ones to blame? Hell no, you're blaming the victims. You have to blame Hillary Clinton and the DNC for running a terrible campaign. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Now I already know the response. People are going to say, Mike, you guys did win though. I mean, you got the most progressive Democratic Party platform in history. So... Isn't that a good thing? Didn't you feel like you won? Well, no, because the reason why we got that platform is because Hillary Clinton wanted Bernie Sanders to drop out of the race and endorse her, and he did that. So if it weren't for that, then uh, she would not, and her delegates would not have actually agreed to a really progressive platform. But the problem there is that I can smell bullshit. I know bullshit when I see it. I have a very good bullshit detector. So you mean to tell me that they're not just saying that to lure in voters and then betray them later like the Democratic Party always does? Okay, buddy, you are very naive. And furthermore, I don't hate Hillary Clinton. I just disagree with her politically. Now, I'm not trying to downplay the fact that Donald Trump is dangerous or scary because I agree that he is. But that fact doesn't make Hillary Clinton any more appealing of a candidate. She's also dangerous. Now, you would know that if you really closely followed the betrayals of the Democratic Party to the American people. But you don't have to do that, man, because you're a multimillionaire. You're very rich. You know, no matter what party gets in, they're going to cut your taxes. So... You can just sit back and relax and not have to dive into the details, not have to do your research and be an educated voter. But you are resorting to fear-mongering because that's all you know. It's, it's shallow. It's easy to just point out how bad Donald Trump is, but what you really need to do is dive down and see what the Democratic Party is doing as well because everybody knows. The secret's out. Republicans are crazy as hell, but everyone knows that. But many people don't know that the Democratic Party is dangerous in many ways, albeit differently. Now, the final thing he said was, look, I get disappointment. I couldn't get Rihanna to go out with me, but uh, I don't stand around in the kitchen and boo my wife, at least not while she's telling me how she plans to make my life better. Okay, that part honestly made me cringe because it came off as very hello, fellow kids to me. How do you do, fellow kids? What? But in the end, he gave us a nice little pat on the head and said, you did a good job. You know, you transformed the Democratic Party, but now it's time to be quiet. But you know what? I don't have to be quiet. This is a democracy. We can be as loud as we want. And trust me, us progressives, we're going to be a big thorn in the side of the Democratic Party. We may be leaving, but that doesn't mean you've seen the last of us. In fact, we're probably going to be more annoying and vocal now more than ever. So uh, I don't have to be quiet. Nobody has to be quiet in a democracy, and you should be thankful for that. Now, I'm going to get to the last one, which is the most difficult one for me. Whoopi Goldberg, because um, when I was growing up, I was honestly one of the biggest Whoopi Goldberg fans ever. I'm serious. Like, I watched the movie Sister Act like a hundred times when I was like four or five. I don't know why I loved the movie. I was a huge fan of Whoopi Goldberg. I watched any and everything that she was in. So she's kind of like a hero to me in a way. Uh, but this election cycle, you know, it's shown that all of my heroes will betray me in a heartbeat. Elizabeth Warren, Whoopi Goldberg. So <laughs> my heart can't take any more pain anymore from all these people. But nonetheless, um, even though I like Whoopi Goldberg as a person, uh, she's wrong here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so here's here's... I'm just going to say this. <clears throat> All of these wonderful young liberal people who are booing, 
the first female that actually might become president? I don't get it. Because you all like to talk about how the system is rigged. The system's been rigged forever. It's been rigged against women for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For years. But, you know, I don't remember anybody booing about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Shirley Chisholm ran. I remember, uh, oh, wonderful, Geraldine Ferraro ran. Mm -hmm. I don't remember any boo anybody booing that. So this idea that you didn't know that the system was rigged, do your homework. It's been rigged for years. But, but, it's, you know, we were talking yesterday about what a party is supposed to do. Well, mm -hmm. what I thought about it a lot, uh, particularly what you said, and I think that I believe that the party is going to do whatever they can do to get the most electable candidate elected. Mm -hmm. I think that's what this, what the what they're there to do. And so stupidity reigns everywhere. Don't look at any of my emails. I'm calling people all kind and all honey. If you, oh, I would not have a job if people saw my emails, you know? So I can't look at those and get mad. I can't get mad that the system is rigged against the white guy. Well, we knew that the system was rigged. It's rigged against us economically. It's rigged against us politically. Uh, but the reason why we supported Bernie Sanders was because it was rigged. Now, the underlying implication there is that we're sexist because we disagree with Hillary Clinton. And nobody was booing for, you know, the uh, gender inequality, except that we are. Her policies affect women and children uh, who are economically disadvantaged. They affect women and children bad in the Middle East. So you can't say that, you know, we're, we're against Hillary Clinton for misogynistic reasons. And furthermore, half the people booing were women. So here's the thing, Whoopi. We were booing sexism all along, and we supported Elizabeth Warren before Hillary Clinton, and we're now supporting Jill Stein. So yes, the fact that we can nominate a woman signals that we have come a long way, but the fact that we can hold women to the same standard as men, irrespective of their gender, is also a symbol of our accomplishments in terms of gender equality. Now, I don't not support Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. I don't support her because of the policies that she's proposing that I disagree with. And furthermore, are you honestly trying to tell me that uh, if there was any female presidential candidate, like Carly Fiorina, Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin that you would just support them because they're women? Isn't that just logically inconceivable because their policies would hurt women? And furthermore, I mean, think about this. The goal of feminism is gender equality, not to just support women over men no matter what. And by invoking this argument, you're misusing identity politics to downplay the disadvantages that people have based on their class. Now, she also justified uh, them rigging the primary because she claims the party will do what they need to do to get the most electable candidate elected. Except that doesn't justify overriding democracy, and furthermore, if that were the case, they would have rigged it for Bernie, since he beat Donald Trump in almost every single hypothetical matchup and outperformed Hillary Clinton. See, Bernie was the more electable candidate, but even if he wasn't, we hold an election that's supposed to be free, that's supposed to be fair from bias, that's supposed to be uh, have a DNC that's neutral, but that wasn't the case. And finally, probably the worst thing she said was, I can't be mad that the system is rigged against the white guy. Okay, I'm sorry, but how is this not a bigoted statement? You're literally making assumptions about Bernie Sanders based on one descriptive characteristic. Look, I'll be the first person to tell you that women are disadvantaged in society, and I do want to do everything I can to fight against that. 
but there's nuance in the world. You can't seriously argue that Hillary Clinton is more disadvantaged than a straight white male just because she's a woman. She's a multi-millionaire, and when you live in an oligarchy, true privilege is defined by the size of your bank account. So to say that this privileged white woman who spends $13,000 on an Armani jacket, who grew up conservative and had the entire DNC, entire media apparatus, and establishment in the tank for her is more disadvantaged than Bernie Sanders, a socialist Jew who grew up impoverished? You're just flat out wrong. So all of these celebrities honestly should be ashamed of themselves for trying to silence Bernie Sanders' disenfranchised voters because it's just wrong and you trying to rich-splain to us why we shouldn't be outraged at the fraud, at the rigging, at the bias that went on during the primary is honestly just egregious and unethical. A conservative journalist from the New York Post named Seth Lipsky penned an article actually defending the DNC's decision to rig the Democratic primary against Bernie Sanders, and he also commended them for doing it. But before we get to that, I want to send a huge shout out to We The People for sponsoring this segment of The Humanist Report. So We The People has quickly become one of my favorite applications for news about the presidential election, and I've been checking it every morning because they actually put all the news articles about the presidential race as well as tweets from the president candidates all into one place and it's particularly valuable to me because they actually include news stories about third-party presidential candidates and what's cool is that you can vote for the candidate who you'll be supporting and then see which candidate has the most support in your area there's also a discussion section so that way you can debate others and discuss political topics anonymously so that way you don't have to make any more enemies with your friends and family members on Facebook like I've done. So head on over to the iOS or Android store and download this app so that way we can fill up the heat map with more support for Jill Stein. Alright, so let's go ahead and get into Lipsky's article. So he states, In the great Bernie Sanders battle, I'm with her. Not Hillary Clinton, though I'm not a Hillary hater. In the fight that's ripping the Democratic Party down the middle, the her I'm with is Debbie Wasserman Schultz. That might seem surprising from a right-wing newspaper editor, but as I've written before, I'm sorry to see Wasserman Schultz forced from the chairmanship of the Democratic National Committee. Now, you'd think that as a right-winger, uh, you would be sad to see someone go who was very bad to the Democratic Party and who turned away the base because that helps your candidate get elected. But that's not the case. He actually likes Debbie Wasserman Schultz because of her hardline stance on Israel. Now, he says, The victor in the leaked email drama, Sanders, wrong, has made it his business to move the party away from Israel. His nominees to the DNC platform committee included Professor Cornell West and pro-Palestinian activist James Zogby, two of the most committed anti-Israel activists in the party. No wonder aides to Wasserman Schultz at the Democratic National Committee were trying to rig the primaries against Sanders. First of all, Bernie Sanders wasn't the victor of the DNC leak. He was the victim. Because if you don't remember, the rigging that they did against him cost him the election. And furthermore, you honestly are telling me that you believe that disagreement on the Israel-Palestine conflict is good enough cause to just completely subvert democracy? Are you really telling me that right now? And think about how unreasonable he's being. How dare Bernie Sanders have a perfectly moderate stance on Israel and actually condemn their illegal occupation of Palestine and their war crimes against civilians in Gaza, and he also hates his support for the Iran nuclear deal? How dare he? Someone that disagrees with me, you know what? We need to completely violate democracy, because I disagree with this person. That is the antithesis of democracy. So if you want to go live in an authoritarian country, there are many to choose from. Have at it. But in a democracy, we don't rig things against people who we disagree with. 
we have a debate about it and we elect people to represent our views. So you are completely wrong and unethical. It's anti-democratic. Your, your argument by definition is undemocratic. Now, this journalist also referenced the DNC leak again, and he had a little quote in there saying, in an interview with Marxist website Democracy Now!, Okay, you just completely discredited yourself by saying that Democracy Now! of all news organizations is Marxist. How about this? <laughs> Rather than calling everything that you don't like Marxist or disagree with Marxist, how about you go take Political Science 101 and then come back and we can have a discussion about Marxism and what you agree and disagree with, right? But this completely immature and just factually inaccurate uh, declaration that Democracy Now! of all places is Marxist is honestly just embarrassing to yourself. Now, he continues by saying, it looks more and more like Wasserman Schultz and Clinton were right to fight against the socialist attempts to take over the party, but wrong to try to appease them at the platform committee and convention. The net is that this campaign looks destined to be the one in which the Democrats complete their long goodbye to the principles of Harry Truman, John F. Kennedy, and Bill Clinton. The Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, hardcore leftists are in league with Julian Assange, exacting their price. So let's reiterate what he's actually claiming here. Not only is he saying that the DNC was correct to rig the primary against Bernie Sanders, but after rigging it, he's saying that they didn't even need to offer us any concessions. Completely uh, give us the middle finger even more than they already did, which were bullshit concessions, by the way, because they did change the party platform, but they did it because they wanted Bernie Sanders to drop out and endorse Hillary. So they didn't make the party platform more progressive because they're just progressive. They did it for a, I think, a tactical reason, which is very smart. Some people will fall for that, but not many Bernie Sanders supporters because that's absolutely bullshit. A party platform doesn't mean much at the end of the day because they're going to go back on it the minute they get into office. So here's the thing. Why don't you just be honest about the fact that you hate democracy? You don't believe in democracy. You believe in authoritarianism. So you want to live in a country where opposition is silenced and elections are rigged against people who you disagree with. Again, Go live in Russia. Go live in a country where opposition is actually silenced. Now, here's the thing about that. You shouldn't want that. You shouldn't want to live in a country where uh, your political opposition is silenced. You should fight for their right to freedom of speech and to have the views that they have. Because what if it were you in their shoes? What if uh, we disagreed with you wanting to rip up the Iran deal, which we do? But what if we said that you shouldn't have a voice in this election because of that stance? You're so unreasonable that you shouldn't even have a say. We should rig the election against you. That would be wrong. And as someone who defended Donald Trump, who dislikes Donald Trump, when the RNC was planning to do some shenanigans at their convention and hand the nomination over to Mitt Romney, I defended Donald Trump, even though he's the last person on the planet I want to be president of the U.S. That's because you either have to take a stand for democracy or go live in an authoritarian country. We're not hardcore leftists. We're FDR Democrats. We are where the party once was. We are where the Democratic electorate actually is. Look at the public opinion polls. Almost every single issue, voters side with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren on. So you can't tell me that we're hardcore leftists. You're a hardcore right-winger, and you're against democracy. So congratulations, you just made a fool of yourself. A new report by Elections USA is shedding light on the magnitude of election fraud during the Democratic primary, and they estimate that election fraud cost Bernie Sanders a total of 184 delegates. Now, that's not enough to just 
cost him the election outright. But when you actually factor in the media blackout and limited debate schedule and the DNC's attempts to smear, infiltrate, and just outright sabotage his campaign, well, we have reason to believe that Bernie Sanders could have actually won if it weren't for this bias. So the 99-page report determines that the Democratic primary was, quote, fatally flawed. So first, they determined that there was mass voter suppression. They also determined that vote registration tampering occurred and it switched uh, voters' party affiliation without their knowledge or consent in states like New York, California, Florida, Kentucky, New Jersey, Oregon, Ohio, and more. There was also illegal voter registration purges in New York, California, and Arizona, and there was also fraudulent voting machine counts. They explain primary contest exit poll discrepancies that exceed the margin of error in 11 of 11 such cases, and all of which favored Clinton, and in 10 of those 11 cases, the media just outright stopped reporting on exit poll numbers. Now, people will counter this by saying, look, the exit polls are off in every single election, but that's the problem, though. That shows that uh, something is not right. So when you look at Europe, well, in many countries, if the exit polls are off by a margin of error of more than two points or five points, depending on the country, guess what happens? That triggers an automatic investigation. Now, they also know irregularities in certain caucus states, such as Iowa and Nevada. So in Iowa, the Des Moines Register editorial board, which actually endorsed Hillary Clinton, actually said the process, quote, reeked of autocracy. And many people remembered how Hillary Clinton reportedly won every single coin toss in spite of the statistical improbability. Now, also in Nevada, Harry Reid got casino bosses to give their workers time off to actually go and vote for Hillary Clinton. And there are videos of people rushing in without registering to vote. And the people who are actually filming this were told that these people would just register later. And all of these regularities disproportionately affected two demographics in particular. Can you guess which two? Younger voters and independent voters, both of which, surprise, actually vote for Bernie Sanders more often. And now I can't go through all 99 pages of the evidence with you because we'd be here all day. Uh, but what's in here is very, very disturbing. Now, I will put a link in the description box. I would encourage you to read the whole thing because you have to educate yourself about this. There's not much we can do about it now, but we have to know. There has to be an investigation. There is a lawsuit currently, but I actually really like what Debbie Lasignan, otherwise known as the same progressive, recommends. We need an international entity to step in and actually investigate the election fraud because I don't think anyone in the U.S. can be neutral. So we need someone like the U.N., to come in and see what the hell is going on. Now, the report concludes the majority of the registration tampering could only have been carried out by computer hackers. In many cases, the changes to voter registrations are provably backdated in official electronic records. Other forms of direct voter suppression, however, were carried out by partisan election officials in states like New York and California. Now, I think it's important to be fair and note that Hillary Clinton isn't directly implicated in election fraud, uh, nor is the DNC. They're only guilty insofar as what was discovered in the DNC leak. Uh, but we can be adults here and realize that, you know, there's going to be several degrees of separation between the people directly committing election fraud, that is, people hacking machines, and the person who's going to benefit from it. Now, there are exceptions to this, of course, because even though we don't have any evidence to implicate Hillary Clinton or the DNC, well, we have evidence of Bill Clinton committing election fraud in broad daylight. So when he was in Massachusetts, he had all of his uh, motorcade block polling stations and people literally could not vote 
because of Bill Clinton for a certain period of time. He also broke the law by campaigning in front of polling stations within 500 feet. There's video of that and it's illegal. Now, worst of all, he actually went into the voting booths and campaigned. He told someone, quote, pull the lever for Hillary. That's illegal. And guess what was done? Nothing. So, I mean, we have reason to believe that the Clintons are behind this, but of course, we're not going to see direct evidence. And even if we do prosecute someone for election fraud, the Clintons are going to have clean hands because, of course, they're not going to be dumb and uh, just completely be connected somehow to whoever is carrying out the election fraud. So, I mean, this isn't conspiratorial. The evidence is in the document, and I would encourage everyone to read it. And look, there's a reason why these voting machines that we use, which is electronic voting machines, they're banned in Europe, in many European countries, because they're easily hackable. It takes about five minutes to hack into these. And so that's scary. That has implications for democracy. And if you want to maintain the integrity of our democracy, we've got to switch to vote by mail. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be okay. You can still rig the election and commit election fraud if you want to, but it's a lot safer to have vote by mail ballots than it is to have just these easily hackable machines. Now look, I don't care if you're a Bernie supporter, a Hillary supporter, a Trump supporter, every single person in this country needs to take a stand against election fraud. And look, for me as someone who dislikes Donald Trump very, very much, I actually defended Donald Trump uh, when it was reported that the RNC would be having a contested convention and handing the election, or the nomination, excuse me, over to Mitt Romney. I disagree with that because no matter how dangerous a candidate is or how idiotic a candidate is, democracy is democracy. If citizens want a buffoon like Donald Trump, then they should be able to vote for that individual. I mean, if you're a Hillary supporter, you may not have been affected by election fraud yet. But do you really think that the Republican billionaire donors will be above trying to rig it to make Trump win and to defeat Hillary Clinton? See, this is why election fraud is wrong. Just because it doesn't affect you and your candidate, well, it might one day, and you have to take a stand and speak out against it. So you can bury your head in the sand right now, but down the road, at some point, maybe not this election cycle, maybe not this decade, that election fraud will catch up with you, and we have to speak out against it. We have to take strong, concrete measures to prevent election fraud from occurring, and we need an investigation. We have to determine uh, where this all came from, what happened, who's responsible, so that way it doesn't happen again. So coming out of the Democratic convention in Philadelphia, we don't necessarily know whether or not Hillary Clinton will get a, quote, post-convention bump, as many people are putting it, but as of right now, she's in really, really bad shape. So her poll numbers since the DNC leak have predictably taken a turn for the worst, and she has now surpassed Donald Trump when it comes to unfavorability. So in a poll conducted by HuffPost pollster that surveyed 1,363 adults with a margin of error of plus or minus three percentage points, when it comes to favorability, 34% view Trump as favorable to Clinton's 31%, and 53% view Trump unfavorable to Clinton's 56%. Guess what that means? So Trump overall has a net favorability of negative 19 and Hillary Clinton has a net favorability of negative 25. I just want to reiterate this. A Democratic nominee is more unfavorable than a neo-fascist, than Donald Trump. This is unbelievable. This is honestly unbelievable. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. 
Bernie Sanders was the person to put up to defeat Donald Trump. But what did you guys all say? Hillary Clinton supporters. No, she has experience. She's battle tested. She's been putting up with right wing attacks for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, you're completely wrong. You couldn't be any more wrong. And Hillary Clinton is actually performing so poorly in the state of Oregon, a deep blue state, that it's now considered a toss-up, according to Real Clear Politics polling averages. I don't know what to say. There's very few Democrats that can actually lose to Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton is maybe the one exception that can actually lose to Donald Trump. Now, according to Gallup, Clinton's unfavorables are at their lowest point in two decades. And for those of you hoping that this will improve, I've got bad news for you because with more WikiLeaks uh, dumps coming for DNC emails, with the IRS now confirming that they've officially launched an investigation into the Clinton Foundation, guess what's going to happen? This is going to lead to Donald Trump becoming the president. What did we tell you? We told you that you can't put forth a historically disliked, corporatist, corrupt, warmongering candidate and expect liberal voters to just willingly accept it, especially after you went out of your way to rig the entire primary and commit election fraud against them. That's not going to happen. And what are you going to do now? You're going to have the audacity to turn around and blame us if Donald Trump is elected president. Unbelievable. This election is truly the worst election ever. Even though I dislike Hillary Clinton and I don't believe anything she says, I think that she's probably the lesser of two evils between Donald Trump. So I do want to defeat Donald Trump, but at the same time, I don't want Hillary Clinton to just win easily. Uh, but I don't want her to lose to Donald Trump because I would rather have her than a neo-fascist in the fucking White House. But I want her to know that what she did to voters, what the DNC did to voters, is completely immoral, and they lost them. So, for anyone who's going to complain now and say that if you're voting for Jill Stein, you're voting for Trump, bullshit. Go knock on some doors, do some canvassing for Clinton, it's your turn to go sign up some new, some new voters. That's what we did for Bernie Sanders, that's what you can do for Hillary Clinton. But honestly, this is just unbelievable. So again, I just want to remind the Democratic Party, this is your bed that you made. You decided to rig the election for this candidate that's historically disliked. And now you have to lie in that bed. That bed may be a neo-fascist orange buffoon that's named Donald Trump, a reality TV show star. All because you didn't want an anti-establishment candidate to win. All because you wanted to remain faithful to your corporate donors. Shame on the Democrats. Shame on the Democrats. If you lose this election, nobody's going to be surprised with the way that you've bungled it. Well, it's official. Jill Stein is now a threat to the establishment. How do I know this? Well, you can actually gauge her threat level by looking at the hit pieces in the mainstream media. So in an article titled A New Low for Jill Stein by Yvonne Abraham, she takes issue with the argument that Hillary Clinton is comparably as dangerous as Donald Trump. Now, even though I'll be voting for Jill Stein this election, I do believe that Hillary Clinton is in fact the lesser of two evils, at least on social issues in the Supreme Court. But with that being said, Hillary Clinton is still very dangerous, albeit in different ways than Donald Trump. So she argues, finally, Jill Stein's moment has arrived, and boy, is it an ugly one. And this crazy, terrifying election cycle looks like it'll be Stein's most successful yet, though it might be difficult to look at herself in the mirror afterwards. The scary things that Donald Trump says Hillary Clinton has already done, she told NPR a few days ago. Whether it's massively deporting immigrants, whether it's threatening nuclear warfare, whoa, 
criticized the Obama administration's record on deportations or Clinton herself as a war hawk, sure, but making the Democrats' shortcomings in those areas equivalent to those of a guy who wants to build a wall, expel millions, intimidate the press, revive torture, and have the military commit war crimes is so ridiculous I feel stupid just typing it. Oh, and did you notice something else, Greens? Trump is a climate change denier. Okay, so to that last point there, Hillary Clinton is only marginally better than Donald Trump on the issue of climate change, because although I give her credit for actually believing that global warming is a thing, well, she takes money from fossil fuel lobbyists who bundle contributions to her super PAC, and she also has taken a lot of money by pro-fracking companies. People who are in the fracking industry have held fundraisers for Hillary Clinton. So even though it's the case that Hillary Clinton takes it a step further and says, look, I believe that climate change exists, I would be surprised if she did anything more than Donald Trump would do for climate change. Now, I want for nothing more than to be proven wrong on that front, because I think climate change threatens humanity. But I don't believe that Hillary Clinton will be good on that issue. I don't think she's going to defy her fracking donors and fossil fuel donors and actually put forth meaningful climate change legislation. Now, all of the criticisms that she actually stated about Donald Trump are completely valid. I agree with her 100%. Those are very dangerous. But the point that Jill Stein is making is that many of the things that Donald Trump says he's going to do, the Democrats have already done it. Case in point, every single one of those criticisms that you've done, well, the Democrats aren't much better on those. The Democrats supported those things. Mexico is such an important uh, problem. Mexican government's policies are pushing migration north. There isn't any uh, sensible approach except to do what we need to do simultaneously. You know, secure our borders with technology, personnel, uh, physical barriers if necessary in some places. And furthermore, President Obama has deported more undocumented immigrants than any other president. And when it comes to the issue of intimidating the press, I'll admit that's bad. But I can't determine which is worse, intimidation or collusion. So we all know now that the DNC worked with CNN and MSNBC to push pro-Clinton narratives. And the parent companies of MSNBC and CNN, such as Time Warner, are some of Clinton's biggest donors. So regardless of how you slice it, both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are trying to subvert democracy by controlling the media, but they're just going about it in different ways. Now, when it comes to Trump's egregious stance on torture, which, again, is illegal under both international and U.S. law, I agree that it's ineffective and is a violation of human rights, but we elected Obama with the expectation that he'd at least prosecute the CIA or any Bush administration officials responsible for carrying out torture. He chose not to do that. So if you choose not to punish those who commit these egregious acts, you're complicit in them. And when it comes to Donald Trump wanting to commit war crimes and uh, by telling the military to kill the families of ISIS, that's sickening. But we should be consistent in our condemnation of civilian deaths. So I looked through your articles and you didn't speak out when a drone strike recently killed 60 to 80 civilians, 35 of which were children and 20 of which were women. Did you speak out against the fact that 90% of people killed in drone strikes in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan are not enemy combatants? Where's your outrage there? Now, let me remind you, this is Obama's drone war that he ramped up after Bush left office. Not to mention, these drone wars are illegal regardless if you agree or disagree with them. They violate the territorial integrity of the states that we're conducting them in. But where were you on that? Are you speaking out against those war crimes? Because those are war crimes. So yes, we're both on the same page. We both agree that Donald Trump is dangerous. 
but so are the Democrats. And the problem with Hillary Clinton supporters and Democratic Party loyalists is that they're not willing to hold Democrats to the same standard that they hold Republicans. So they'll call out the Republican Party when they talk about wanting to commit war crimes, but they won't actually condemn the war crimes that have already taken place. Case in point, Barack Obama. So you're just on Team Democrat no matter what. There's nothing they can say or do to turn you away. Anything that they do by definition is good because they're Democrats, because they're supposedly liberal. Well, that's not true. Both parties are very dangerous. Both candidates, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, are very dangerous. They both have policies that could potentially lead to World War III. They both support a Syrian no-fly zone. It's an insane policy. I don't know how else to describe that, yet you're only focused on the dangers that Donald Trump poses. Again, he's dangerous. I'm not going to diminish his danger, but Hillary Clinton is also dangerous, and Jill Stein supporters are actually consistent. We actually can see that both parties are, in fact, evil. They're dangerous to varying degrees and different levels, but we're just tired of dangerous candidates in general. I want, for once, to be able to vote for someone who is not going to kill people. Is that so much to ask? To not have blood on my hands when I cast my vote? That's all I want. Now, she continues, the rise of right-wing extremism in this country, Stein said, is being driven by NAFTA, globalization, and the big banks, all promoted by the Clintons. Putting another Clinton in the White House will fan the flames of this right-wing extremism, she said. We've known that for a long time, ever since Nazi Germany. Hey, you're off the hook, Adolf. Neoliberalism, not your unhinged demagoguery, brought us the Third Reich. This is ridiculous. Stein is encouraging voters to let the perfect be the enemy of the sane. You didn't pay attention in your history class. Hitler was a nationalist fascist, yes, but he also made an appeal to Germans who were disgruntled with the poor economic conditions Germany was facing after World War I. See, when you have more neoliberal policies that call for more deregulation and more tax cuts for the rich, that hurts the poor and the working classes and makes them angry. And when you're angry, that creates a window of opportunity for irrationality to creep in, thus allowing a demagogic buffoon like Donald Trump to come to power. Now he's saying it's the Mexicans that we have to blame for our economic problems because they're coming in, they're taking our jobs, they're committing crime, they're draining us of our resources, and that's actually appealing to people who are socioeconomically disadvantaged and angered to the point where they're willing to suspend reason and vote for someone, even if it's a crazy person, that will fight for them. So Jill Stein's point is that by electing more neoliberals, people will get more poor and more angry, and that breeds extremism. That's the point that she's trying to make. Now finally, she says, Stein can't honestly argue Trump and Clinton are equally harmful to the causes she holds dear. Doing so advances her own political fortunes at the country's expense. Gee, that seems familiar. Maybe if Stein is looking for someone to compare to Trump, the mirror would be a pretty good place to start. Now again, I'm not maintaining that Hillary Clinton is more dangerous or equally dangerous than Donald Trump. I think she's a little bit less dangerous than Trump, but that doesn't mean Hillary Clinton is not dangerous. It's easy to speak out against something directly in front of you that will cause chaos domestically as long as I feel good about voting for someone who I think is not dangerous at all. Well, then that's all that matters, right? I don't have to do research on all the blood that's being shed in the Middle East because of both Democrat and Republican policies. And look, rather than being smug and condescending to Jill Stein and her supporters, maybe you should actually do research on what neoliberal policies do and the consequences of devastating neoliberal policies, how they have led to the complete and utter decline of the middle class, actually the disappearance of the middle class, basically, how they screw over the working poor. Now, again, Donald Trump is dangerous. People say, Mike, you're downplaying Donald Trump. No, Donald Trump is very dangerous. And here's the thing that you need to admit. Both political parties are dangerous. 
Democrats and Republicans. Democrats may be less dangerous than Republicans, but if you fail to admit that and see that and just choose to bury your head in the sand every election and just vote for them no matter what, they're going to continue to be dangerous. What Jill Stein and her supporters are trying to do is actually take a stand for once and prevent them from being dangerous. Let them know that we do have leverage in a democracy and you don't get our votes every election. If you're going to be dangerous, if you're going to commit war crimes, then you're not going to get our votes. I'm done, guys. This has been an excruciating <laughs> hour here because uh, we're currently feeling a heat wave and, man, this uh, this room is really, really hot. So I'm going to bounce. I feel like my brain is melting and I can't be in here any longer. <laughs> so I'll see you guys next week. Thank you to all the subscribers who tune in and uh, thank you to the Patreon patrons, the members, and everyone who watches. See you guys next week. Have a good day.